Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. Ancient darkness. Ancient darkness. That was a sense I had as I Notice the stars stretching from horizon to horizon, the grandeur and immensity of the galaxy shining overhead, the universe transparent to the night sky. Ancient darkness. Ancient darkness. I was just outside of Crater Lake National Park when I encountered that sense of ancient darkness. One of the few truly dark places left in the United States. It probably comes as no surprise that we live in a light-saturated world. That even on a summer evening when we steal away to our backyards or to an empty field to have a bonfire with friends or by ourselves and stare up into the night sky, even then only a small taste of the universe is visible. Street lights, car lights, lamp lights, phone lights, House lights, porch lights, building lights. We live in a light-saturated world. And so it might not be easy to experience or to understand the profound, powerful, and penetrating reality of ancient darkness. Ancient darkness. Darkness so dark it would shut down even the greatest cities in the ancient world. The capital of the Roman Empire, Rome itself. People would scramble to get home from work or dinner parties before night fell because no one wanted to be out on the streets at night for fear not only of what might happen but for fear of getting lost on the twists and turns of these streets that could hardly be seen or understood or navigated even with a torch. Ancient darkness. It's important to remember ancient darkness when we hear the words of Jesus, I and the light of the world. It's important not only to remember ancient darkness, but also to remember what ancient darkness symbolized and signified fear, insecurity, uncertainty, risk, trouble, isolation, being cut off. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It's important not only to understand the context of darkness, but also the context of light. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world. These words are shared in John's gospel just a couple chapters after we learn the time of year when it is when Jesus is teaching and sharing these words. It's the festival of booths or the festival of tabernacles or to put it in maybe some easier to understand language, the festival of tenting out, camping out. A time when people would gather from all over the area and the countryside, would gather in Jerusalem for this ritual observance that that couldn't be observed at home but had to be something that happened at and near the temple. Several times a year these high holy days would come and people would gather and this particular holy day was meant to help the people remember the sacred and ancient story of God's deliverance, God's rescue, the people under 
the hand of Pharaoh, under the oppression, the exploitation, under the slavery and bondage of the king of Egypt, Pharaoh were forced to make bricks and to labor endlessly and wanted only their freedom and their deliverance. And God rescued them from the hand of Egypt and led them out into the wilderness, not without guidance, but with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire, this light by night. And the people tented out, camped out, lived in these temporary fragile dwellings as they followed the presence of God into, into the promised land, into freedom, into the next chapter of their journey, freed now from the hand of Egypt and the hand of Pharaoh. And so remembering this great light that led the people when they gathered together for the festival of booths, for the festival of tabernacles, for the festivals of the tents, they would camp out and they would light light. In the temple, one of the temple courtyards, one of the temple courts high above the city on the temple mount above Jerusalem, there were four great basins filled with oil. And the priests would provide garments to create giant wicks. And people would climb up the ladders to light these wicks and these massive torches would emerge bright, uh, shining brightly, stronger and stronger. And the people would dance with torches lit and candles lit, so much light. People would carry buckets of oil up ladders to continue to fill the basins to keep the light going all through the night. There was so much light, it was said, that there wasn't a single place in Jerusalem, not a single courtyard in Jerusalem that the light didn't touch. As this festival draws to a close, Jesus enters the temple courtyard and perhaps with smoke still swirling from the basins, Jesus says, I am the light. Not of Jerusalem, not of the temple mount, not of the city, not of just this people. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. There is no corner of darkness that my light does not illuminate. I am the light of the world. Even now amidst these great festivals and these great moments, there are people lurking in the shadows. People who have been turned away, who've been shamed and shunned, who've been rejected and are dejected, who are despairing and wondering if they belong, who are wondering if there's a future for them. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world, not of one people, but of every person, not of one city, but of all the world, not of this time in this place, but of all times and all places. I am the light of life. I am the light of the world.
I am the light of the world, Jesus says. He goes on to say, there are those who will judge. There are those who will judge by human standards, but I judge no one. What light, what magnificent light in those words. I wonder what peace on this Advent Sunday of peace, I wonder what peace would settle into our hearts if we might welcome and embrace the Jesus who judges no one. The Jesus who turns away no one. The Jesus who condemns no one. The Jesus who sees the light in everyone. The light that knows the light. I wonder what peace we might experience in our hearts if we welcomed and embraced the Jesus who judges no one. I wonder what peace would settle in our hearts if we might put away the standards we often judge our own lives by. Perfection, beauty, security, being enough for everyone. I wonder what peace would settle into our hearts this morning, into our lives each day if we would welcome and embrace the Jesus who judges no one, who is enough light for all of us to be just who we are, to be loved as we are, to be accepted and embraced to belong in the family of God. I wonder what peace would settle into our communities, would settle into our world, would emanate from this place if we were to embrace the grace of the Jesus who judges no one. In a few moments, you'll be invited to this table where the light of Christ And the testimony of grace invites everyone to come and eat. Where the Jesus who judges no one is the host, not me, not the elders who pray, or this church that provides the the bread and the cup, but Jesus himself who invites all to come and take part so that our light might be fueled by love, the love that Jesus gives us And the love that he knows will cause our light to grow. Won't you come? Won't you eat? Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture and message.